Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the idyllic city of Boise, Idaho, nurses, nail technicians, and stay-at-home mothers are choosing to become paid surrogates for people from around the world. Made in Boise offers a rare glimpse into the mysterious world by intimately following the lives of four surrogates as they build relationships with the intended parents, prepare for the rigors of pregnancy, and navigate the mixed feelings of their own families who struggle to understand their choice to risk the physical and emotional complications of caring babies for someone else. We're joined today by the director of Made in Boise, Beth Allah. Beth, welcome to Film School Radio. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. How did you come upon this subject of, of uh, surrogacy and, um, and this hub, if you will, of activity in Boise, Idaho, of all places? And my uh, childhood friend, Missy Riley, is a labor and delivery nurse at the local hospital, and she's visiting me one summer. Um, her, both her sisters are on the East Coast. And she was telling me about a nurse colleague who was a surrogate at the time. And I thought that was very unusual. And, and she quickly quipped that everybody at St. Luke's is doing it. And so I immediately needed to find out more. And I flew to Boise to find out that there was this amazing community with um, so many women who are kind of moving this, this thing forward. Um, and so it was it was such a surprise, a wonderful surprise. Yeah. Well, what was your sort of gateway into this world? Did you speak with one of the surrogates first or how did beyond your friend who was telling you about this? What was your entry into this world that uh, we see in uh, Made in Boise? Well, I actually had a very personal entry point um, prior to me finding out about the story. Another dear friend of mine actually asked me to be her surrogate. She was having infertility issues and she had several rounds of IVF and, and she she got to the point where this was like sort of her last resort and she asked me if I would carry her child. Um, and knowing what she went through and seeing her pain, I said yes, even though I didn't really want to carry her child. But I, it was at that moment where I realized people come to this decision after a very painful experience where there's a lot of loss and the women who choose to carry are also kind of put in this position where you really have to ask yourself, why would you do this for someone else? And so that was something that I really wanted to explore. And I felt like because of my personal experience, it lended itself to be open to this idea and to be open to the topic. And so when my friend from Boise told me about this community and I flew out there and, you know, and I originally met with or I spoke with one of the nurses who was on the surrogacy task force. Um, Boise, Idaho was clearly getting this influx of um, women who are being surrogates and they realized we need to care for our patients and our families a lot better. And so they came up with a program. So it was just launched when I, when I learned about it and I met with Katie Randall, who's one of the nurses who was on this task force. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about what that meant and what this program was and why they were you know, why did they create it? 
And so I was so intrigued. I did fly out and I met with the team at the hospital, make sure that it was something that they would, which you can imagine is quite difficult. Um, And all the women were on board within the hour and they were really incredible in giving me access to the hospital. I want to come back to your story or your part of that, what you just described, but I want to ask why is Boise, Idaho, or why is Idaho, is that is it fair to say Boise specifically or the or the state of Idaho who why are they so receptive to this idea of surrogacy? I mean the sur- yeah, the surrogates come from all over Idaho, but I would say the community of women is really of Boise. Um, and it is such a progressive place, which is a surprise to me. Um, really forward thinking, open and accepting group of people. First and foremost, it's a, a lot more affordable for families to go to Boise to start their families. So when it started happening and the industry was kind of booming and St. Luke's responded quickly. And so they do have the largest and best surrogacy program of its kind in the United States. And so when those two, you know, it was a perfect storm. So you have the surrogacy program, you have an affordable option, and there was a pool of women who are willing to do this. To be quite honest, but you know, spending so much time in Boise, it's a really nice place to be. <laughs> so if you want your child to be growing and and um, you know in someone else's womb, and you're going to have to spend some time there, it's a pretty awesome place to be. I mean, it's nestled in you know the the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. Um, it's beautiful. It's a college town, so there is this progressive quality. You know, overall, everyone's just really kind and generous. I mean, you know, that was my experience. That's a very big blanket blanket statement, but that was my experience that there was this kind of wholesome quality to this place. And so it was quite welcoming and quite lovely to be at. So if I were a parent, I would choose Boise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, from, I am, you know, the left coaster from forever. So I understand. So for for to hear that is it's a little bit incongruous to to hear you know about Idaho in that regard, but I also know that the demographics across the country, and particularly in in states that were considered, I'll say red states. I don't I want to be fair, but that's sort of how I perceive Idaho, my own personal. It, it's changing. The demographics are changing. People are are leaving California and and going out into other parts of the country, as well as you talked talked about it being a college town. So. Those things all kind of jive, but is there something more culturally in terms of, uh, and it's referred to in the film, I mean, it's sort of a cultural um, affinity for large families, right? Yeah. You know, there's a big Mormon population, there's a big Catholic population, and, you know, you would think that those groups would be super conservative and possibly opposed to something like this happening in their backyard. Um, but it truly is a place where the family family values kind of surface and become the forefront of of their their living and and, and uh, the the quality of life that they're pursuing. And so it was a genuine like I want to help my neighbor kind of attitude, which I think comes from this place of you know the Catholic and and Mormon sort of familial like family values sort of um, place where. You know, you probably in the news you get like, oh, the super conservative side. If you hear religious groups, you think automatically like ultra conservative, pro life, that sort of thing. And you know, it was a surprise to me that this town was 
so welcoming and so open to the gay men that were coming there to start their families, the different cultures that were starting to um, fly over there. Yeah. I believe in 2017, it was the city that took in the most refugees because they were such a welcoming place. So there's a lot to be said why this was all happening, why, why this is all happening there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it comes across in the film. Uh, let me remind our listeners, we're speaking with Beth Allah, and she is the director and as well as the producer of the film Made in Boise. It is going to be the premiere, the opening film for this season's edition of Independent Lens, which premieres October 28th coming up. And I say it every time, check your local listings for your, for this when uh, Independent Lens will be screening in your area. It tends to be around 10 o'clock at night for Independent Lens, but again, check your local listings on that. And uh, quite a nice little honor to have uh, Made in Boise be that first film for one of the, if not the premier uh, platform for uh, documentary films on, on television. Um, so congratulations on that, Beth. Thank you so much. We're so excited. We're so thrilled about it. Yeah, I think you should be. And the film follows four different cases, people, groups of people, four different uh, instances of people who are <laughs> seeking surrogacy. And it covers the spectrum. Uh, if you want to kind of give us a little thumbnail sketch of of some of the people involved in the film uh, who are seeking surrogacy, and, and I assume that they must sort of fit a profile? You just described some of that earlier about people coming from around the world but and gay people seeking mm -hmm. uh, a family. Tell, tell us a little bit about sort of that, that uh, demographic uh, composite look at the, at the people who are doing this. Yeah, so, I mean, the film is primarily told from the perspective of the surrogates, mm -hmm. and, of course, you can't tell their story without telling the story of the families they're caring for, and it really is a mix. And, and it, it is reflective of, of what Boise looks like in general in terms of the families that are going to their city to start their families. You know, we have a couple who um, had fertility issues, a heterosexual couple. Um, and then we have uh, two gay dads from Washington. And then we have two men from Spain, two single men from Spain. And it really kind of covers um, what is happening there. And right now, or when I was filming, it had this very Spanish wave of, of folks coming to Boise. I think prior to the Spanish wave, there was an Israeli wave. And now, um, now that we finished the film, there's a Chinese wave, um, because all of these places, paid surrogacy is illegal. And so you're finding more and more families are coming to the United States, particularly Boise, to pursue surrogacy. And I think what can be said about all of the parents is that surrogacy is a last resort for them. And, you know, certainly with Shannon and Tom, who are featured in the film, they had one embryo, and this is their last shot. David and Todd, they asked friends to help them. They got a donor egg, and they asked friends to carry, because at the time it was illegal in Washington even, where they lived. And so all of these families are at kind of their final point and their last resort. And that certainly was the case with my friend who asked me to carry. And so, you know, I think people don't realize how complex and how heartbreaking it is to get to this point, but hopefully that comes through in the film. Yeah. And, and I thank you for bringing up the point that the film is told from the point of view of the surrogates. And because, uh, 
uh, they're all very engaging, interesting people. They have their own um, takes on why they why they're interested in doing this. They have their these backstories that are very compelling and very heartwarming. And there's also an economic component to it. I don't think we can ignore the fact that this is something that people want to do. Uh, it can be economically pretty beneficial for them to do that. So, but but most of it is about sort of this sense of connection to to motherhood and to families. Mm-hmm. And that's what comes across in the film. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I think you know there is a, a compensation, and there's no denying that this is a business agreement, if you want to call it that, or, or an agreement or an arrangement, and there's compensation tied to it. And I think the reason why it works so well now is because there is this fostering of relationships as the surrogate and the intended parents go through this experience. And it's not the surrogate's egg, so she's not biologically tied to the child. There was a system that's in place, at least in Boise, where it works for for all parties. Yeah, there's a compensation there, and I think what Nicole does with her agency so well is um, she's one of the surrogates in the film, and she runs the largest agency in Boise, Idaho. I think what she does so well is like she really tries to cultivate the relationships between the two parties mm-hmm. and, and matches them in a way that, okay, I think they would actually really like each other and get along, and they have the same values, and that's a really big part of it. But at the end of the day, if you think about if you've ever been pregnant, um, even if you have easy pregnancies, and I've had two, you know, I have two children of my own, and they were relatively easy, it's hard work. There's a lot of risk. It's (laughs) uncomfortable. You know, my friend asked me, and I didn't want to do it, and we're in New York, and she couldn't pay me to do it. But I said yes. I only said yes because of her, um, because I love her and she's, you know, my best friend. But at the end of the day, when you think about the money and the year that you have to commit to the family and the hormones and the drugs and all that stuff, to me, it has to be more than the money. And so that was sort of what I wanted to explore in this film is like, why are these women doing it? Because I can't, you know, believe that it's just the money. And I think there's a vetting process that Nicole does too, where if that's your first and foremost incentive, then you have to really think about it because it's, it is hard work. It is a lot of risk and it affects everybody in your family. It's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, having never gone through it, uh, I I, uh, believe me, I, I have some Something I can relate to, and within my own family, my youngest sister uh, tried in vitro uh, three times, was unsuccessful, and um, were finally successful after after they put in the one extra egg, and she had triplets because of that. So it was uh, they they went from zero they went from zero to sixty pretty quickly. So, and I understand just watching her go through what she went through, what it what, what it was like for her going through in vitro, how psychologically and physically draining that was for her, and then to go from that point of frustration and all the things that come along with wanting a family and not being able to to start one, and then to have triplets dropped in your, literally in your lap, uh, it's a, it's a, it's an, oh my God. yeah, it's an incredible you know, uh, I can understand all of the things you're talking about, and I think what you when you're desc- describing Nicole, in addition to that, she has, 
you know, like a good attorney, she's got this thing laid out in a way that is very much a, a, a reality check for anyone who wants to do it. And I and I I, I appreciate that about it. It's not yeah. it's not something that's just fly by by night. It's not just a good idea. And she lays it out in in ways that I right. think for everyone to understand that this yeah. is this is this is business as well. I mean, yeah, we don't even go through like every little detail about what it takes to go through this process. And you know, there's only so much time. And there's you know, I really wanted it to be a character driven film, but it is so complicated to to you know find a surrogate and do this um, go through the process and the contracts and the insurance. And I mean, there's so much to it that it, it can be incredibly daunting. You can't expect, you know, someone to go into this with like, Oh, I did, you know, it's pays is, is going to cover all of that heartache. So it, it, it really is complicated. And that's, that's one thing that we didn't get to, you know, really, really cover in the film um, just because there's so much other stuff. Yeah. You just get a little taste of it in the documentary. Well, it is it is really a, a a great look, a wonderful look into this world, and in in just as you're describing all of the different complications and rewards, the challenges, all the things that come along with it, the and the the psychology involved with someone who does this, who, as a mother, you know that the emotions that come with bearing a child, and then giving it away now i mean that comes with all the stipulations that we, that are in the film about this isn't your child you as you said the the uh, genetic materials are not yours but all of those things to go through what right. any mother goes through giving birth and to not be psychologically and emotionally involved and attached to that to what's happening is uh is more than anyone could be asked to to bear without at least coming to grips with it all. So it, it's in it, it and it's in the film mm -hmm. as well. So just to clarify, just to clarify, you know, the, the woman carrying the baby is not the mother. And right. so the giving away the baby or giving it, it's really giving the baby to the parents. And so I just want to make that very clear Thank because you. that's what people that don't know anything about surrogacy might misconstrue that the woman is giving her baby away and she is not, it's not her baby. And so I think that's why it is, it's so different from, you know, what it was 25 years ago when the woman used her egg and um, had, there was a lot of controversy around that. Um, today, it's very, very different. And so when that baby is born, the parents are right there. They, you know, do skin to skin, just like any other parent would at the hospital or at home. And um, so, you know, it really mimics what would what would happen if the parents could conceive and and birth their own child and and this is just an instance where they can't and they have to meet you know they get the help from a, from a surrogate um and then the other thing i wanted to clarify is i didn't have to end up carrying my friend's baby um she did ask me but thank god she got pregnant on her own and so i don't want people to think that like oh i carried uh, my friend's baby but um okay. she did ask me and it did kind of inspired um, the film in a lot of ways. But thankfully, after giving her body a rest, she was able to carry on her own. So nice. that was a really wonderful yes. <laughs> ending to that story. <laughs> well, that that's thank you for, for clarifying all the <laughs> things that you just clarified. It, the film is 
made in Boise. Uh, it's not often that we can say we have an, a, a Peabody Award-winning filmmaker on the program. Congratulations, you won for a music in the music in oh, me. And, thank you. And uh, Supermensch was a terrific documentary film. Anybody interested in seeing that? The Legend of Shep Gordon. Uh, and now we have made in Boise opening the independent lens. Uh, season for 2019 into 2020 uh it will be premiering on uh monday october 28th on pbs stations around the country and check your local listings uh beth Allah, thank you so much for your time today thank you so much for the film made in boise and uh thank you uh come back anytime oh thank you mike yeah i would love that thank you so much for having me on You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.